here. <clears throat> and we're looking, God wants me to be happy. <clears throat> and uh, oh, yeah, there's bad things out there in the world, but we're, we're looking at, at Jesus. It's just like when Peter was walking on the water, he was fine when he was looking at Jesus. I'm coming, Lord. He is actually being sustained by the Lord. He's on top of that water, just like Jesus is. How strange a, a phenomenon is that? But anyway, the Bible says that as Peter was walking on that water, remember something happened. He started to sink. Now, what happened? He said he saw the wind boisterous, the King James says. He just saw how bad it was out there. And it said he got scared. And so uh, we're going to look this morning at not being scared here. And so let's see why we have reasons to keep looking at Jesus here. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge. I mean... To me, this is so wonderful because it's like what I was saying already. It's okay to be out of balance. We don't need a little defeat with some victory. Kind of keep it a little negative with a positive. No, we want all positive. God is our refuge. You know, David wrote this and he didn't say, you know, God has a different definition of refuge than we do. Sometimes we don't understand, oh, don't go there. That's ridiculous. If it's not a refuge, it's not a refuge. God is a refuge. Now watch how great this is. And strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Isn't that something? Look how that says. A very present help in time of trouble. What's interesting is this is, you know, not talking about going to heaven it's talking about your daily difficulties that we're having here. Oh, now look how bad this is. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, let's don't think about heaven here because he's not mentioning heaven. He's not saying, oh, hell is so bad. Oh, it's so bad. You don't want to go there. Thank God there's Jesus and you can miss it. No, this is daily difficulties. And he's saying, you know what? I don't really care how bad it is. Let's see how bad he names it. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed. What? That'd be some serious shaking. I sit in my hot tub at night and I, and, I, and I can see the stars and stuff and they are just permanent. But you know, if you were to see some strange things happen with stars and things moving around that are not supposed to be moving around, notice what he says here. I will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Wow, I'd just like to see Green Mountain just get up and go somewhere. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Well, what would you do? Well, that would shake my believing in Jesus to the core. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Because Jesus will keep me out of the way of that mountain, first thing. He's going to keep me safe. I mean, how bad could it ever get that Jesus can't help us? And that's what this psalm is about. Uh, look what he says. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. In other words, the sea and all this kind of stuff. Things are just terrible down there. Don't you remember we had a tsunami not but a few years ago and we just about had every bit of that on tape. That was pretty terrible. You could actually watch that thing come into Asia and wipe out things. We sure enough saw the photographs from helicopters and there were houses and stuff just floating. Well, that was, that's, that's pretty rough. What would you think about that? I tell you what, if you could see that thing coming a long way off and you saw it coming, and you know, well, i got to grab, first thing you're trying to do is grab those you love with you, your family, but then guess what else happens? You got more than just your family. You got your friends too. You need a bus. You need to get out of there. And it's like, what are we going to do? 
you're going to do this. God is our refuge. And don't think, well, we'll all be in heaven in a few minutes after the tsunami drowns us. Let me tell you something. I would be so scared of that. I do not like losing my breath. (laughs) I do not like being underwater without air. (laughs) Talk about being scared. I would be scared. But this says God is our refuge and strength. Now watch this closely. He says, uh, he says, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, meaning think about it. Look at verse 4. He sums it all up. There is a river. Oh boy. What's happening with this river? No, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a different river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Now what you need to understand, he's just talking about a place here, and it's where you and I are. And notice it says, there is a river, the streams wherever shall make glad. God is in the business, if you will let him, of making you glad no matter how bad your difficulties are. Now, it's not a matter of a little weird Christian grin or whatever. I need to be happy even though things are bad. No, you are happy because you know you're getting out of this. You're happy because your God is going to fix things. Let me switch this to the, uh, to the Living Bible just a moment. Watch this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a tested help in times of trouble. So we need not fear, even though the world, and he gives his big long list of all these terrible things that are going on. So look down at verse 4. There is a river of joy flowing through the city of our God. A river of joy, yeah. This is constant. This is constant. We've got, I don't care what kind of difficulty you're in. You're out there driving along, also you have a flat tire. You need to start looking at, praise God, I'm going to get this thing fixed. I don't know how many times you've ever had difficulty like this, but when you're changing flat tire, okay, got a spare, whatever. Yeah, let's see you get the lugs off. Oh, man, I'm stuck with this L-shaped wrench. It keeps slipping off. I'm rounding off the bolts. Well, see how things get, they go from bad to worse. You come back to this and you say, now, wait a minute. God is my refuge and strength. He's not putting me through this flat tire. He's going to fix this flat tire, praise the Lord. Because why? There's a river of joy. And last time I checked, when I had that flat, I sat back in my car and I folded my arms and I wasn't too joyful. And God's not trying to test me. That's, that's so ridiculous. God's trying to bless me. So I get to thinking, wait a minute. He's my refuge. He's my strength. And he is a tested, that means a proven help, what? In times of trouble, I'm starting to look for that bolt to come off. And you're going to find out you'll get that bolt off. It'll come off. Either that or the tow truck group's going to be there in just a second. They'll pick the whole thing up and you'll go. I, that happened to me on the way from way home from Texas one time. And guess what? Right when I got home from Texas, I was halfway home. I just got into Arkansas. And all of a sudden, boom, tire blew out. Well, I didn't have a spare. Well, I thought, I'll just call. No signal. Well, this is just like God. No, it's not like God. Praise God. So I, I, just, I just kept messing with my phone. Finally, there was a signal, and I got a hold of USAA, and then all of a sudden, hello, hello, they were gone. I'm like, praise God. You know. And so I got them again. I'm like holding the phone in the air, and they're saying, well, we need to do this. And I said, hey, uh, can we cut to the chase just a second? I'm in an area where there's bad cell phone. They go, yes, right away, sir, right away. Because they were asking me, you know, name, employer, and all this. And they go, we'll do it right now. And I'm telling you, the flatbed truck was there in just a few moments. It got there. Well, it was within 30 minutes. Took me up to a tire place. Actually, while I was there, I thought, just give me a new tire. I mean, I came out ahead after the whole deal was over with. You know, praise the Lord. 
But I don't care what your trouble is. This is our God's a refuge and strength. And this is very interesting right here. There is a river of joy. What's all this joy about here? I mean, because Richard, I mean, I, you, you know, I could name some stuff going on. Well, I know you can. That's the reason we've got Jesus. He knows what kind of mess we got going on down here. Let's go over here to the fourth chapter just a moment. Let me switch back to the King James just a moment. <clears throat> and in this fourth chapter, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, start down here at verse 6. There be many that say, who will show us any, any good? In other words, who's going to be kind to me? I mean, who's going to give me a break? He said, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time uh, that their corn and wine increased. Now, this is what's interesting right here. He, this is a problem taking place. It's more bad news. Oh, my goodness. It goes from bad to worse. Something's going on. But David is saying, you know what? You've put gladness in my heart more than having my wallet full of money, basically. I can go out and buy whatever I want. I, I'm, more, I'm more happy. Not that I, I, can, I can live in piety or whatever. I can live poor. That's not what he's saying. Because if you're short on dough, you're short on cash, let me tell you something. Your happiness is going to decrease. Because you still got bills and you still got some other things. And sometimes we put Jesus in such a box where we think he's poor. He's not poor at all. He didn't want you to be poor. And so David says here, in the midst of you have put gladness in my heart more than in the time that all of a sudden I got a raise. All these good things were going on. And oh my goodness, it mentioned wine. Dear Lord. You know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, he says, I, and then he says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for Lord, on, excuse me, for thou Lord only make me to dwell in safety, period, end of story. Now, let me switch this to the uh, Living Bible just a moment. Let's catch all of it. Oh, let's go down here to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, back where we were. Look at this. He says, many say that God will never help us. And remember, you're, you're going to be your own worst enemy because your faith is what matters. See, if you draw the line and say, I'm just not as good a Christian as Richard or somebody else. We always say it's somebody else. Or Jesus will definitely bless my mama, but won't bless me. Jesus will definitely bless those people in Africa, but he didn't want to bless me because I'm a spoiled American, whatever. You think we're spoiled Americans? <laughs> How's your paycheck doing right now? You know, How's everything going in your life outside of finances? It's got nothing to do with being an American. You know, praise the Lord. God wants to help you. So many say that God will never help us. Look at this. Prove them wrong, O Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you have given me. Look at this. The gladness you have given me. It's this reason. See, God doesn't support your sorrow. He doesn't. He wants to turn your sorrow into joy. We've got psalms about that. He's turned my sorrow into joy. Well, why don't we have psalms about, you know, oh, today God wants me to be unhappy. Are you kidding some people even argue and say, well, Richard, if everything was good, I mean, come on, what kind of life is that? <laughs> Do you realize what you're saying? Is this the way you want to raise your kids when you have little ones? Now, honey, now I want you to cry sometimes. I want you to fall over on your tricycle. I want you to ride out there. I want the big dog next door to bite you. It's okay. It's part of life. But see, we're so backwards. We're so used to defeat. We think we're supposed to take it. Matter of fact, we got people in America right now that think America needs to lose some wars. No, America has been right. We have been helping people. We got a big campaign of people in our nation right now that think we need to let some other nation blow us down to size. No, that don't need to happen. <clears throat> you don't find that with the Israeli army in the Bible either. <clears throat> mm -mm. 
It's not win some, lose some. We're supposed to win. Put on the armor of God that you may what? Lose some? No. We're supposed to win. Now, with that in line, you, with that in mind, you can realize, praise God, I should be happy. <clears throat> so he says, uh, Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. That's interesting. What's this? Your face shine down upon us. Well, <clears throat> a lot to that. <clears throat> Believe me, oh, there's another psalm that says that uh, we're the apple of the Lord's eye. He says, I'm the, I'm your, I'm the, what, what does that mean? You know what? He's looking at you. And he's not like, well, if you get your act together. Jesus has already covered, put it this way, you could never get your act together enough to have the Lord's blessings. It's all going to be done by faith. Anyway, watch this. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than their joys at harvest time. In other words, these are temporary joys. I'll be happy after Christmas. Yeah, but aren't you a Christian? Yeah, but I'll be happy when this is over with. You don't realize what's going on. We don't need to be that way. We should be like, praise God, I'm fine. I'm going to be all right. My junk I'm going through right now, I've got a refuge. I am am shielded from this stuff. I'm going to be fine. So it says, the gladness you have given me is far greater than their their joys at harvest time. That's like payday. You know, Friday night, buddy. Woohoo! I got money. Something about God here <coughs> is greater than that. Well, what is it? Well, he's saying, prove them wrong, God, help me. Because <coughs> there was something going on. And then he says here, I will lie down in peace. Why? Because you just feel good? Yeah, I just feel good. I just feel. No, it's nothing to do with feeling good. Things were going wrong. He says, I'll lie down in peace and I'm going to sleep. For though I am alone, O oh Lord, you will keep me safe. Now, if we back up just a little bit, there's only six verses in this right here. Uh, let's go back up to the top just a moment. What was going on? He says, oh, God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. <coughs> it's not a matter of how good I am. King James says, oh, God of my righteousness. Whew, right over my head. I don't know what that means. We'll just keep reading anyway. But nonetheless, look at the Living Bible. You have declared me perfect in your eyes. He didn't say, you know what? You're, you're, boy, you, you're just hot stuff. You're a good Christian. <laughs> He did the same thing to Abraham. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15, I believe it's verse 6, he says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted, put my wallet out again, God shoved money in here, it was accounted to him for righteousness. God gave him righteousness. Now if you think about the armor of God, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. He said put it on. He didn't say, you know, you need to create one. You need to get with it. Yours is pretty shabby. No, we put on God's breastplate of righteousness. Now, what is that? The only way you're going to get to heaven, the only way you're going to get your prayers answered is going to be the mercy of God. It's going to be His mercy. Just own up to it. Lord, i got to have your mercy. And guess what? He'll give it to you. You have always cared for me. Look at this. In my distress. Now, that can be from something this big to something way big. And you should practice from here to there for all of it. Anything that's got your attention and you look in that mirror and you're not happy, you need to toss that thing over on the Lord and watch Him fix it for you. He says, now hear me as I call again. Now I hope this morning that's where everybody in this room is. We're doing this. Don't just think, I can just do it one time. I don't want to wear out heaven. You are never going to wear out heaven. Heaven knows we are in a warfare Heaven knows we have got difficulties down here like crazy. And there's vast armies of angels encamped about you and I to help us all the time. You don't have to understand it. 
You just need to know God's on your side and know this. Now, hear me as I call again. In other words, here I am again. God never says, well, you're about to wear us out up here. We need to give somebody else a chance. Everybody can get a chance. Matter of fact, one of the Psalms David refers to, and actually, it's, I believe it's in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 says, I don't care if their God is you, you're going to help me. That's the way you need to look at it. God is going to help you. Quit thinking He's going to help somebody else and make you wait this one out. Never, never, never. Verse 2, oh, the Lord God says, Sons of men, will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols? Now the King James says, how long will you... Look how, look how, look how weird this is. Let me put it to King James. It's like, what in the world is that? You still would have figured it out, the, the gist of Psalm 4. Uh, because you realize, you know, I think God wants me out. But watch this. Wants me out of my trouble. Verse 2. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? I beg your pardon? Vanity and leasing. He's talking about, I know what I need. I need to get me one of these idols from Walmart or for the Amorites. Or the sun god in Egypt, that's what I'll do. I'll worship the sun god of Egypt and he'll, he'll, he'll make my son not die from cancer. And God's like, what? Why are you worshiping these other idols? He says, I will help you. Watch you switch back to the King James just a moment. <coughs> I mean the living. <coughs> he says, you sons of men, will you forever <coughs> turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols? When every claim that's made for them is false? Well, if you just put a little money over there to this, whatever, then all of a sudden all your problems will go away. Let me tell you, the only place your problems are ever going to go away is God. Hear me as I call again. And He wants to. He wants to get you out of trouble. And notice verse 3. Mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for Himself. And everybody in this room this morning, we're the redeemed. Don't you dare count yourself out of that. Excuse me. Take a sip here. So he says, you know, notice he didn't stop and say, you know, there's times I wake up and I wonder if I'm really redeemed. What? (laughs) No. You ever wake up sometime and wonder if your mother's your mother? I don't think so. Is your daddy your daddy? Do you ever wake up and wonder if you're an American? No. You know these things. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus. So he says, therefore, he will listen to me. Boy, that is so selfish. Is it selfish or is it faith? Is it a teachable moment that he's trying to tell me, Richard, if you quit dilly-dallying around and ask God to help you, he'll help you. My ears are up. I think he's saying I should do what he did. Uh, Hello. It's called Psalm 4. It should be easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call it. A lot of times we switch this around. I think that's misread. Uh, therefore, I will listen to him and I'll answer when he calls me. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I've got to be super Christian. Calm down. You're super child. You're a child of his. It's family. He knows when you're running from him and he got you. Oh, you need me, Lord? Yeah. And you didn't do what you needed to do the other day. Uh, yeah, I know that. Well, let's talk about it in a moment. But he never will hold back his blessings from you. He's not going to do that. You're going to tell a child and cut your breath off, you know. No, you don't do that. You deal with a child. You say, listen, what you did was wrong. But see, we got this idea that, well, what I did was wrong. So therefore, you know, God's going to, he's going to, he's going to take away my job. I'm going to lose this and lose that and lose this and lose that. Gee whiz. 
What's funny is we all know when we've blown it. I know when I've blown it. Mercy. Watch this. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for Himself. Therefore, He will listen to me and answer when I call Him. Another thing. I don't want to get off this. Do you know you're redeemed? Yeah. I know I'm redeemed. Basically, if you're redeemed, guess what you get? He will listen to you and answer you when you call Him. Praise God. So He says, stand before the Lord in awe. We should. Like, oh my goodness. You know, do not sin against Him. Well, I'm not. And... Notice what he's referencing sinning against him from. It's every claim of them is false. Jesus, you're just, you know, I don't want to worry about this. I don't believe you can help me. Boy, there were so many people that said that to him. If you can do anything. Sarah laughed. I'm 80 years old, going to have a kid. And she did. And she named her son what? Laughter. Isaac. Because she realized. Anyway. Lie quietly upon your bed. In silent meditation. Now, what are you going to think about? What a jerk you are? No. You need to think about how great your God is. And so, therefore, he says, put your trust in the Lord. Well, I know there's a God. That's not what he's saying. He just got through saying that all the claims of these idols are false, but there's one God who's true to all these things, and he'll help you no matter what. And so he says, many times, what does he say? No, many say that God will never help us. Prove them wrong. This morning, I don't care what's going on. This should be our prayer. It's okay. God's okay. Psalm 4. He stuck it in there. He's expecting us to do this. Lord, here I am again, like verse 2 says, prove them wrong. You think God will do it? Well, yeah. Oh, Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than the joys of... It's just like, I'll be happy when payday comes again. No, I'm... Praise God, I've already reached the happiness right here. This stuff is fantastic. So he goes on and says, man, I'm telling you what, I'm going to lie down in peace and sleep. For though I am alone, you will keep me safe. Wow. Now, <clears throat> uh, I want to go to, let's see. 1 Corinthians, just a moment, chapter 5. And I want to show you something real quick, and then we're going to go one more place and we'll close. Oh. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, everybody's heard of Mel Gibson's, what, he made that movie called what? The Passover, remember that? Yeah, look at this. The Passover. I was just reading this week about the Israelites coming out of Egypt, you know. i tell you, I get embarrassed thinking the way a lot of Christians, you know I mean, just my upbringing and whatever, just making it so... <clears throat> insignificant oh well, maybe the story is really great but then we're like today <clears throat> when we hear the word passover we don't think uh, anything about it <laughs> go back and read can anybody remember what happened when moses said let my people go okay pharaoh says uh no then what happened well plague one plague two plague three pl- i mean all the way down to plague 10 remember that used, used to be sunday school lessons you had to memorize all of them star 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 i mean can you name some of them one of them was lice that is creepy everybody was covered with lice that's nasty they were everywhere except on the jews oh come on there were and the plague of darkness can you imagine that the plague of darkness all oh, egypt was they didn't go nowhere until Moses came back. I guess Moses came in. Wherever Moses was, it was like He knew where he was going. And, you know. And then there was one of frogs. Remember that one? 
But anyway. And we think, oh yeah, Passover. First off, break this word in two. Passover. That is all the technical part of that spiritual word you need to know. It's Passover. My granddaddy was preaching one time in Memphis, Tennessee, at his Baptist church. Tornadoes coming down Poplar Avenue or wherever it is. It was near the zoo. I remember the story. Here it comes. He told everybody, get under the pews, whatever. And guess what happened? The tornado, when it got close, it whoop, went up, went over. Passover. You got it, didn't you? Okay. It was a blessing. They didn't get wiped out, you know. That's what this word means. This Passover here was in reference to the death angel, the final blow to Egypt. Because Egypt was like, we ain't letting you go. You can forget it. And God said, okay, well, the firstborn is going to be killed of cattle and everything. And that's what happened. All these people were getting killed. Firstborn sons, firstborn uh, animal son, whatever, uh, male, male animal. Everything was killed except for what? All the Israelites. They got away scot-free. And guess what else they had to do? After that was over with and they left, God said, every firstborn male belongs to me. Huh? So that meant, like my son's Dustin, I had, to give him to, I had to give him to the Lord. But God said this. He said, you may buy him back. And so I had money. And so I would buy, it was just technical. The Levites, they knew about it. But the Lord wanted this done so that you could always remember. So that I paid money or whatever, brought some bulls or whatever, and I would purchase back Dustin. He never left home, but the, the counting record was there. I had a son. Firstborn son was always given to the Lord. Mm. How am I going to get him back? You uh, redeem him back. And this always gave a memory down through history that you bought back that firstborn son. It also reminded you that Jesus was your Passover and always kept you protected. But anyway, as you read the stories about the plagues and such like that, the Bible says that not even a dog barked at the Israelites. And in that same passage there, he's talking in reference to uh, the light. There was darkness over all the land of Egypt, except for one place. <laughs> all the Israelites were like, well, another day, you know, time to go work. You know, They had light, but the Egyptians didn't. Christ is our Passover. He was sacrificed, what? For us. Now let me close with one last scripture that I saw over here in the book of Genesis. I was telling... <clears throat> Feel about it and Bob about it early when I when I got here, whatever. But uh, uh, ex, well, that's what I want. Excuse me, Exodus. Here, thanks. I want Exodus. Okay. Ah, uh, let's see. Moses here is born. La di da di da. Okay, let's see. Ah, uh, he's going to get him out. That's going to be chapter three. One second here. Uh, chapter three. Remember, Christ is our Passover. Okay, he's our Passover. Let me get down here to what we got. Oh. Uh, here we go, look at this. So they're fixing to get out. Right, this is verse 21. Uh, hang on one second. Uh, oh, let's see. Get down near to the end. It's the very last part of this. Watch this. Uh, get in just a little more. Uh, let's see. God says he's going to get them out of Egypt. Uh, for, he's, I'm going to get them out. Moses is saying, I don't know how you're going to do this. You know, they're not going to believe me, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're not going to believe me. And God says, look, you tell them this. Now, I want you to see something that he says. But I know that the king of Egypt, this is verse 19, Exodus chapter 3. Now, listen closely. You didn't fall asleep. Okay, watch this. 
But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go except under heavy pressure. So I'll give him all the pressure he needs. <laughs> Watch this. I will destroy Egypt with my miracles. And then at last he will let you go. And I will see to it that the Egyptians, look at this, load you down with gifts when you leave. Now you just throw away your, your poor thinking. I know we don't hear, but, I'm, but if you're tempted to thinking that God doesn't want you to have something nice. He does not want you to have a nice car. He does not want you. To, he wants you to have a car, but he doesn't want the radio to work. He wants you to have a car, but he wants it, you know, tore up or something. Not, no, 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 look at this. He says, uh, when you leave, so that you will by no means go out empty-handed. I'm telling you, Jesus is our Passover. This stuff follows you around like the pillar of fire at night and the and the and the cloud by day. Watch this. Every woman. Oh my goodness. Now, we can't share this one because we got some people in town, you know, the holiness people. Don't you dare put on makeup, you know. Don't you dare put on jewelry. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? Every woman will ask for jewels and silver and gold and the finest of clothes from her Egyptian master's wife and neighbor. We don't need to teach this. Oh, yes, we do. God wants you women to be dressed nice. He wants us men to be dressed nice. And if you're having trouble with anything else and you could care less about clothes, then go back to Psalm 4. Whatever's heavy on your heart, God wants you to be blessed. He does. He wants these things taken care of. He will fix whatever you have got in your life that's wrong. Let's finish this out. Every woman will ask for jewels and silver and gold and the finest of clothes from her Egyptian master's wife and neighbor. You will clothe your sons and daughters with the best of Egypt. No wonder Jesus is so wonderful. And He is. And when they crucified Him, they didn't crucify Him with a bunch of rags. Those soldiers gambled over His clothes. So there you have it. Father, we thank You that Your Word is with us and will never leave us. Praise God, You're there too. And Lord, uh, we just thank You that by Your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, head hurting, whatever might be hurting, something might be wrong, even something we don't know. Lord, You'll take care of us. Same thing's true concerning finances. You'll do the very same. And if we're dealing with any kind of trouble this morning, no matter what it is, you will get us out of trouble. You're our Passover, just like you got the, the Israelites out of Egypt, praise the Lord. You heard their groanings and their crying, and you hear ours too. So, Father, that didn't leave anything left but for us to do exactly what you were trying to do. Show all the world how great you are. And that's what we're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah.